Let's pray together as we prepare to hear God's word. Long-awaited, long-promised Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. How grateful are we are that you came. We have a great celebration because unlike the people of Israel, we have seen the promise of God revealed, accomplished, fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Their great longing has become our reality. But we too are a people who wait, and in your word, we put our hope as we wait. In your word, we find that you speak to us again of your promise, of your grace, and of the way that you will come again in Jesus Christ to bring us to yourself. So now we attend to your word. We pay attention to your word. We read and hear your word as it speaks to us in our lives. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is our reading from 1 Timothy. A reading from 1 Timothy. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Some call it the game of the century. No, no, it wasn't a football game, not a basketball game. It was a game of chess between Donald Byrne, an international master, and a kid by the name of Robert James Fisher. Maybe you know him best as Bobby Fisher. Bobby Fisher was a 13-year-old kid, and Byrne was put off by being paired with this T-shirt-wearing kid at an elite chess tournament. As the game progressed, it seemed evident that Bobby Fisher was a beginner. A few moves in, he had moved his knight to the edge of the board. Not a smart move. Worse, by the 17th move, he exposed his queen. You don't win chess by losing your queen early in the game. Soon a crowd started to gather around them. They expected to see this kid being taught a lesson. Byrne took Bobby's queen. Everyone seemed confident that Byrne had the kid in a stranglehold. But here's the thing. Bobby was taking the game out of book. 
You see, in chess, the number of combination of moves seems endless. After the first move, one expert says there are 400 possible board setups. After the second pair of turns, there are 192,742 possible games. And after three moves, there are 121 million possible games. People know this because there's a library database of 8 million chess games recounting the endless number of possibilities any game of chess can take. And typically, players know how the game will proceed. They know how many board setups there are and how they appear. They know how the game will go. But every so often, someone takes the game out of book. A player breaks script. They make a move not typical. In Byrne versus Fisher, just four moves after Byrne captured Fisher's queen, Byrne found himself under attack. Bobby was chasing Byrne's king around the board. Check, check, check. The people watching were astonished. They were baffled at the elaborate game plan that Bobby Fisher was following. Just 20 moves after sacrificing his queen, Bobby announced to Byrne, checkmate. Truth was, when Bobby gave up his queen, the game was already over. Even if Byrne didn't take Bobby's queen, he was destined to lose. Byrne learned the hard way just how unstoppable Fisher could be. Jesus' incarnation was an out-of-book move. No one expected God to be born as a baby. But it turned out to be history's decisive turning point. When Jesus was born, God all but clinched the game, putting evil, death, the devil in checkmate. At first, it may have looked like a move of fundamental weakness, Or maybe a move of complete foolishness. God came to earth as a baby? But we know better. For those of us who celebrate the birth of Jesus know that his birth's a marvelous sign of God's wisdom and power. Jesus' birth is the greatest out-of-book move anyone has ever seen. Paul puts it simply. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Christ Jesus is his name. Christ, because it's the Greek version of the title Messiah, and Messiah because he was God's anointed. That name Messiah means anointed. Jesus was anointed, set apart by God to deliver the promises that God had made to the people throughout all of the Hebrew scriptures. The promised Messiah held great expectation. He would fulfill God's promises. Promises to bring peace. Promises to reign. Promises to restore. Promises to release from oppression. God sent his word in the flesh. Christ put on flesh of God's promise. The Messiah bringing God's salvation to life. Healing. Preaching. Casting out demons. And his name is Jesus because he's a savior. God told Mary and Joseph, call him Jesus, which means savior. 
because he will save his people from their sins. No need to look elsewhere. There's no better way to be saved. No better way to be brought back from having turned away from God. Jesus is the only one to lead us back to God. Lead us back to the one who created us. Lead us back to the one who is the source of our joy, our delight. Christ Jesus is his name. The long-promised, anointed one of God. Come to us. Paul says, Christ Jesus came into the world. He came into the world because our world is a place of sin. Sin is alive in our lives every day. We messed up. So into the world of sin is where Jesus came. Came in our flesh. Jesus wasn't like E.T. Wasn't some extraterrestrial alien. Didn't have parts of his body that glowed in the dark. Wasn't some spiritual entity that was cloaked in the flesh. No, he came. Flesh of our flesh. Bone of our bone. He had a head you could crush. A heart that broke with compassion. He came into our world just like us in every way. Except for sin. The Reformed teaching, the Heidelberg Catechism says, the eternal Son of God took to himself through the working of the Holy Spirit from the flesh and blood of the Virgin Mary a truly human nature so that he might also become David's true descendant like his brothers and sisters in every way except for sin. Jesus came down to earth because sin took root here. This world is where we sin against God every day. He came into our world of greed, anger, lust, selfishness, gluttony, murder, rape, addiction, hatred, racism. Whatever our failure, whatever our sin, Jesus knows it because he entered our world of sin. He came down right alongside of us. An 18-month-old girl accidentally fell into an abandoned well. She became stuck, wedged into a crevice about 22 feet below ground. They couldn't drop a rope down to pull her out. I mean, she didn't have the strength to hold on. The only way to rescue her was to have someone go down. Someone had to go down to be with her in her helplessness. So rescuers drilled a parallel shaft about five feet away, and then they descended, breathing the same dust, dealing with the same claustrophobia. And once down to her level, they created a 20-inch tunnel across to the well where she was stuck. The rock that they drilled through was so hard, the diamond-tipped drills were dulled. Her rescue was delayed. Setbacks meant she had to sleep in the well overnight, surrounded simply by darkness. And finally, after 58 hours, the girl emerged, bloody-faced, covered in Vaseline, strapped to a backboard, hoisted out of the shaft by a cable. This young girl was saved because her rescuers went down to her. They saved her from certain death. 
Christ Jesus came down into the world, breathing in the same dust, experiencing the same darkness. He came down, flesh and blood, into our world of sin. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That means he entered the world for me. He entered the world for you. We are the sinners he came for. He came into the world to save us. We're not right with God. We're people who need a Savior. Check your life. Paul's testimony is not far off from our own. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy. The grace of our Lord was poured out for me abundantly. God poured Jesus into the world to save us from our sin. Yeah, our sin. Our sin is very real. But the more remarkable truth is that God so loves us, He gave His only Son to us to deal with our sin. Without Jesus, we face death all day long. In Jesus, God loved us to the point of death. The Heidelberg Catechism again says about Jesus' birth, He's our mediator, and with His innocence and perfect holiness, He removed from God's sight my sin, mine since I was conceived. We're unable to save ourselves. We have no way to pay for our sin. But God in Christ comes to save us. Jesus pays the penalty. We deserve to be abandoned by God. Instead, God comes near to us. God brings us into the fellowship of His grace so that we're no longer abandoned. It's our pride that often keeps us away from God. Yet God was not too proud to make his way to earth through the womb of a virgin. Jesus humbled himself to be born of Mary. Our creator God, the one who made this world in love, never lets us go. I like the way Louis Smeads puts it. The God who has the whole world in his hands had grace for the whole world in his heart. A grace that took on flesh in Jesus Christ our Savior. God shows us mercy. He doesn't give us what we deserve. Rather, he displays in us the forgiveness of sins, the abundance of his grace. Our lives are trophy cases of God's grace. And God's love endures. No matter what, God loves you and will keep loving you. No matter what, God promises that He will never abandon you. No matter what, God can grant the strength that you need to face whatever comes. No matter what, God continues to speak to you through his word. It's as close as any text message you'll ever receive. The story of Christmas is not a story of failure. We do that sometimes, right? We write our sinfulness in capital letters, and then somehow the redemption of Christ takes on small letters. 
Some of us believe in depravity so strongly we think that we have to practice it. No. No, Christmas is a time for us to believe this good news. Christ Jesus came to us to save us from our sin. That God offers us newness. That Christ came into our world. That's the wonder. The mystery. The amazing grace of God. Into a middle of a world of sin and hatred and evil. God offers us salvation. That God reaches out in the person of Jesus Christ in order to bring us to God. Stories told of the animals' conversation the day that Jesus was born. What an honor, what a great honor that Jesus was born in our stable, crowed the rooster. So right, clucked the chicken. To show how thankful we are, why don't we each give Jesus a gift? I'll give him an egg. The cow mooed. That won't do. Babies don't eat eggs. All they do is drink milk. I'm going to give him some of my milk. That's the silliest idea I've ever heard, Bod the sheep. Babies don't drink cow's milk. They drink milk from their mothers. I think my gift is much better. I'll give him my woolen coat for warmth. The donkey hee-hawed. I wouldn't do that. You know how freezing cold it gets here at night. If you give Jesus your woolen coat, you'll freeze to death. And around and around and around the animals argued. They couldn't settle on what gift they would give to Jesus. Suddenly, the stable door burst open and in walked some tough-looking shepherds. And when they spotted the baby Jesus, they gathered round and they knelt to worship. The animals all stared in awe. And then one by one, they all looked at each other. Did you see that? Did you notice? None of the shepherds gave Jesus a gift. All of them received a gift from Jesus. You could see it in their faces. Love. Peace. Joy. And then the animals realized the greatest truth of Christmas. Jesus doesn't need our gifts. We need his gifts. And all of the animals knelt to worship. The deepest truth of Christmas is this. We are the reason for the season. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. We have sinned. We continue to sin. We need salvation. So God makes this out-of-book move. He comes down. He comes down for us and for our salvation. He takes on our flesh to carry the weight of our sin. We need Jesus Christ. We are the reason for the season.
remember and believe that Christ Jesus came into the world to bring you to salvation. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray together. Amen and amen. Word of God made flesh. Our gratitude can't even begin to express all that we would like to say, to do, to sing, to shout in praise of you. Every word we express and every action we have is the only way we can respond to you with the deep love and peace and joy that you have brought to us. Thank you. Thank you for coming to us to bring us to yourself. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. In your name we pray. Amen.